welcome back to the MBH podcast, Money Buys Happiness. Guys, appreciate you. If you're here, you know what to do. If you're not subscribed, subscribe. Hit the like button. Leave a comment. We're easy. We take any comments. I say this literally every episode, so you should already know that. We're in beautiful LA. Beautiful LA, okay? It's crazy I'm saying that because I usually don't say that, right? You usually never. I don't, I don't think, think I've ever said, said that. that. It's because our guests got me feeling good vibes right I know. now. I'm on this walk, walk, good walked in right and now. the energy, the energy is already up. It's up. Charlie, big dream. Let's go. What's How up, you doing, baby? brother? I'm on a winning streak. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I don't think I've ever seen you not smiling, eh? Facts. There's days. Yeah? I, I go through shit, but I get out of it quickly. Yeah. It's uh, a mindset thing, you know? Yeah. We actually met Damn. you at, uh, at VCon. Yep. Yeah. And it was crazy. You pulled up with just like the craziest fit. You were like on some orange vibes. Oh, yeah. You pulled in. The heavy yeah. fit. And, and you know what was amazing, bro? There was a lot of creators walking around and everyone wanted to come meet you bro oh. like more than that yo we were we were waiting in, in line for a bit <laughs> we, like, we were, to we were, we were chilling up. around <laughs> you we're just like all right let him finish talking to them and then we're gonna go in all right next per- oh fuck we missed it next okay wait wait another five minutes we'll we'll wait it out and then we just had to come up to you but you were so so welcoming man and you were like very nice to everyone that was coming up to you which was sick to see from someone as big as you I'm not that big i think i think you're pretty, <laughs> I think you're pretty big bro and, and that was that was cool for us too right to just kind of Go up to people, meet them, and, and, and you know, feel the vibe. You were, you were very welcoming and, and very humble. But, but it shows real influence. There you go. Because, bro, I'm telling you, there was creators all over the place. And maybe some that had a higher following count than you. But people made a fucking point of saying, how, saying what up to you, mm-hmm. how you changed their life, the vibes you bring to them. So it was hella impressive. That's what yeah. I like, do. We got to get this guy on the podcast, bro, straight <laughs> How up. was that for you? How was VCon for you? It was fun because I, I felt like, I felt like you guys, a little chip <laughs> on my shoulder. Yeah. Mm. Um, I was very grateful to be there, but I was on a side stage. Yeah. And so when I looked at it, I was like, dang, there's three other stages going on at the same time as me. Yeah. I was like, I got to make sure people come to my stage. Yeah. <laughs> but a lot of people showed up for you. And I passed out flyers for two days. Yeah. You went crazy. I was going to say your I, promo was crazy. I but was literally like, no, like this, because I want to be of servitude. True. But I can't be of servitude if people aren't there. But even like nice. going around and giving flyers and telling people, that's like no ego at all. Nah. Like none. It's an opportunity, man. Yeah. yeah. I, look at, I look at anything as an opportunity because a lot of times like we forget, people forget like when they get famous they forget they got they should be of servitude Mm. so it's like for me i'm like all right i don't care what people think about me my job is to be of servitude and they'll just thank me later so at the beginning people might wonder like man why is charlie like passing out flyers like he's a speaker like he's you know successful and i'm like nah we gotta make sure people (laughs) see the speech that's the only way that's how you got there though doing those things yeah right so you can't forget I want to I want to take it back. I want to yeah. give people some context in case our audience doesn't know you. Yeah, I'm sure they do, to be honest. But we like to do this, give some context. Um, I want to start even prior to your career. I want to go a little bit into your family life. I want to take it back real early. OK, I want to understand kind of what upbringing you had, because I think that always plays a big role in the reason you do certain things, especially in, in the world that we're in and in the industry that we're in. So I want to understand what kind of kid was Charlie? growing up a dreamer man Mm. my dad was a blues musician cool my mom sold vacuum cleaners my dad sold vacuum cleaners my grandfather sold vacuum cleaners 
crazy. So I actually thought it was cool to sell vacuum cleaners. <laughs> like, you know, as a kid, you of don't course. really know anything until society tells you, like, people don't like salespeople. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was cool. I'm yeah. like, I'm going to go. <laughs> My mom would come home from work every day and I would meet her at the car and I'd be like, how many did you sell? You know, and I, I just was like fascinated by money mm -hmm. cool. and the fact that it's like a video game. I was like, oh, you can beat a high score. Like, I never really wanted money for like um, uh, envy purposes to create envy in other people. I just liked it because it was uh, it was like a game. Yeah. The only reason why we like video games is because there is a score. If there wasn't a score in sports, it wouldn't be that fun. Yeah, like, imagine nice. going playing basketball and just no score. Yeah. yeah. Like, against somebody. Like, of it's course. fun to go shoot, but like, it's just like no it's score. Like, competitive nature, too. So, that was a sport for me because I was always um, an athlete mind. Um, when I was little, like, I wanted to be a basketball player. Well, not going to happen. <laughs> I was overweight. Um, I buried my dream, but like, the dream came back okay. yeah. in the biggest way Hell yeah. possible. But, like, I, I had these, like, parts of my life where, like, I had to be of servitude. So, like, I wanted to be a part of the basketball team. But the coach was like, the only position available is a water boy. Damn. I was like, I'll do it. <laughs> I was like, sign me up. And he knew I was kind of popular in school. And he was like, Charlie, like, you know, you're going to have to, like, sweep the floor at halftime. Yeah. In front of, like, Everyone everybody. Watching, yeah. I was like, I'll do it. Like, yeah. I'm going to make it cool. You know, and then, like, so, yeah, childhood, man, I was a good kid. Yeah, like, yeah. my parents never gave me rules, so I felt like we were on a team. Mm -hmm. So I didn't want to ever, like, let them down. Um, I did do some, like, illegal stuff. Mm -hmm. Just know it had to do with, like, business. Yeah. Okay. Um, like what? <laughs> got in a little bit of trouble. Okay. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> but I made a lot of money. Sick. And okay. then I got shut down. Okay. Okay. And... uh then, like most people who do illegal things, I was 16, by the way. No, but yeah. I think we all do fuck yeah, shit yeah. when we're 16. It was, to me, it was just entrepreneurship. Yeah, it yeah, wasn't yeah. like, it wasn't hurting anybody. Okay, there was yeah. nothing bad about it. Um, but then, like most people who do illegal things, they're like, all right, let's get into music next. <laughs> <laughs> That's the next step, right? So it's you, a natural progression. <laughs> it is. It always seems like it is. And so yeah, you're from Atlanta, Georgia, yeah. right? Yeah. So the music scene is like, you're right in it. Absolutely. So you were in, the, the basketball was high school. Basketball was middle school, so middle I was the worst player on the okay. team. But you I'm, said you were a popular kid, too. Yeah. So talk about that. Why were you a popular kid? Because I was just, like, I'll give you an example. Like, there was a kid named Richard Sellers. Okay. And everybody picked on him, man. And I just, I mean, my heart would just break for him. Because his parents would buy him, like, knockoff stuff. Okay. Like, knockoff stuff that you could tell was knockoff. Yeah. And I loved Richard so much. And I would be like, no, I'm going to, like, defend him. You know, mm, I'm gonna be, yeah. I'm gonna be there for him, and like, like the kids with like Down syndrome, I was just like, I had Fun. a soft spot for him. So it's like, I, I just wanted everybody to feel included. So I was like a, a unity amongst like classes. Like a lot of times, the, old, the older classes would want to pick on the younger classes. So like, I would just unify people. Wow. You know, um, I guess it was practice for what I do now, really? um, as a dream maker, but. You know, just I, I guess I was popular because I was just happy. I was yeah. just I love mm. sports, and then I started selling stuff. Like ninth grade, I remember I went to high school, and just like first day in high school, and you get to meet a whole bunch of new people mm -hmm. you never met from different yep. parts of town, and you're like learning like swag and like you know like some kids have money and they can afford certain things. So I'm like looking at it, and they're wearing these hats. 
these like fitted caps, but they, each section was a different color, and those were called pinwheel hats. Okay. Back when I was, I was, you know, I graduated in 06, so, you know, like 03. Okay. So they were hot. So I was like, I need to like find these, and I want to sell them because I want to be in the cool crowd. You know, I couldn't really afford them for myself, but what if I could sell them and make mm -hmm. money? So ninth grade, I was selling hats. Tenth grade, I was selling jerseys. Mm-hmm. 11th grade, I started selling like Lacoste to the girls. I started getting to the Amber Crombie and I, was, okay. I found suppliers. And then I became an eBay power seller. Damn. And it was just like I found this one guy. He had a warehouse full of just like memorabilia and old jerseys. Okay. And this is when the jersey craze is going yeah. like this, like Mitchell and Ness. And I got the jerseys. Mm. This dude has a warehouse full of stuff. And I'm like, I'll sell it on eBay for you. Damn. So You're a real entrepreneur at this point. I just, I, it was fun for me. Yeah. It was like, it's yeah. like a, it's just, it's fun. How did it feel making like, like, I don't know how much money you were making doing that, but how did it feel making money at that age too? It was cool. I wasn't making a whole lot, yeah. but I was doing something. Yeah. You know, I was able yeah. to, most of the money I would make, I would invest. Okay. So I'd buy stocks. Cool. Oh shit. Yeah. Come on. In high school, you were buying stocks? Well, yeah. Like I thought it was like my grandfather. So, full disclaimer, neither of my parents made more than $35,000 a year combined. Okay. But they were really inspirational to me because even though they were technically poor as far as, like, money, they would save all their money and they mm. would invest every penny wow. to the point where my dad wouldn't turn the heat on in the wintertime just to save money. He wow, would use okay. the fireplace. And, like, I learned from this. Were you guys Italian? Because that's like... That's an Italian <laughs> that's like, thing. Uh, it sounds like my parents. <laughs> no, my, 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 my dad is Lebanese. Okay. okay. So, yeah. So, okay. Traditional stuff. Very yeah. old school vibes. Old school. So, I learned to save money. I learned to invest money. Um, my parents, they went on. This is um, when I turned 18. They went on and got a divorce, and the judge made them sell everything. Mm, okay. And they would buy up these little houses for, like, $25,000 a piece. They'd get, like, Crazy. little loans and they would just buy houses and my dad would fix them and by the time they got divorced judge made them sell everything both of my parents were millionaires wow nice. so it's like i got to witness that yeah okay. which was like a very humble life of just like hard work and saving and investing and i uh, i was like i'm gonna do that too so when i started making money i just practiced yeah you have any siblings i have an older sister so how was the how was the divorce for you at that age too to me, there's never been anything bad in my life. Okay. I don't know. Everything's good. Yeah. Yeah. Like divorce, good. Uh, brain tumor, good. Everything's yeah. good. Yeah, it's crazy. You're kind of crazy, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're kind of nuts, dude. Well, I can disarm anything bad by giving it gratitude. Yeah. You said, you said I've lived multiple lives. Yeah. yeah. I live multiple lives because I know how to move on past stuff. People get hung up on one thing and it lasts years in their True. mind. Yeah. Something bad happens to me, I'm moving on with instantly. So it's mm. like, if something bad happens, it's an opportunity. But where do you learn that? How do you learn that? Because I feel like that's a very hard skill for a lot of people to learn. A ton of people tend to hold on to trauma, whether it be big or small. Obviously, that's, that's all perspective. But people have trouble letting go of things, yeah. especially bad things. Yeah. How'd you learn that? All right, the boys here in Los Angeles, California, you already know what it is. We needed some wheels, all right? Cause we're here, we got people to see, shit to do, podcasts to record. 
so check out what we got here. Mm. Got a nice sprinter. All right, shout out to our guys at High Limit Transportation. All right, they got whips all over California, all over Arizona, whatever you need. We got a sprinter, but you can get other stuff too. All right, so check them out. They're killing it. If you need some wheels, no one better. The interior of these things is insane, boys, okay? Double TV, we're talking airplay. The boys were watching themselves on YouTube. It was such a vibe. This was true luxury, true hospitality. Guys, check them out on IG, at High Limit Transportation. The team was unbelievable. Love you guys. Thank you, High Limit Transportation. Let's get back to this episode. Honestly, bro, it's just fun. I just <laughs> like doing things that are fun. Yeah. If something causes stress, I don't want to do it. For uh -huh. example, I'm not going to get on a roller coaster because of stress. Yeah. <laughs> not going to no submarine. I'm not going to a scary movie because yeah. of stress. And I'm not going to worry about bad shit that happened. Because then it just makes me stressed. Mm. So it's like I wake up and I'm seeking pleasure. Ultimately, I'm seeking a high, not mm. a low. Yeah. So just think about it. People love you love the way the Red Bull makes you feel or they love the way, you know, smoking weed makes them feel. I'm making a choice every day. I want to feel high. Mm -hmm. Well, that bad stuff makes me feel low. I don't want that. Yeah. I want the thing that makes me feel good. It's yeah. simple. Yeah. And if people just understood that waking up in the morning, you get to make choices. Yeah. <laughs> you get to make a choice. Yeah. Like, all right, well, I'm not mad at that person no more. Yeah, we keep well, it moving. Just let it go. Like, let's let's go get some money. Yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, let's go have some fun. Let's yeah. go make a memory. So so it's always been money for you that's kind of motivated the movement. Money is fun, man. Yeah. Money, money gets a lot of things done um, as far as, like, memories, experiences, mm -hmm. lifestyle, helping people. Yep. Money is great. Yeah. What's wrong with money? Some people do bad stuff with it, but... People do bad stuff without money, too. Yeah. It's just bad people going to be bad people. <laughs> you can't blame it on money. Facts. Um, but money money uh, is energy. So, yeah. No. So you got... 100%. I guess shortly after, I mean, the timeline of you getting sick as well. Yeah. Right? Let's talk about that. Was that after high school? No. Was that, first time I got sick was in high school. Okay. So let's talk about that a little bit. So, man, it was crazy. Middle school. First day ever. So remember when I told you my dad wanted to uh, turn on the heat? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was this one. It was so freaking cold in our house. Atlanta gets cold. People don't know. Atlanta will get below zero degrees. Like, oh, it's sure. like okay. cold. I didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah. And we lived in an old house, like built in like 1910. <clears throat> Single pane window. Might as well be open because the wind's just coming through it. Yeah. And it was so freaking cold that one night I took my mom's heating pad. It was like an old heating pad where you could like feel the metal going through yeah. it. And I put it on my pillow and I laid on it. And to keep me warm in the middle of the night. The next day I woke up and I had the first migraine of my life. And I got migraines every single day for the next four years. After that? Every day. Jeez. Wow. So like when I talked to the doctors about it, I'm like, yeah, like, you know, like, man, I got migraines. They'll give me the medicine. I'm yeah. like, it's not working. They just keep giving me medicine. But these migraines were paralyzing me. Uh -huh. I'd have to leave school every day after lunch. It was something about when I would eat. And then I'd have to go home and I'd have to crawl under the bed. And it would be paralyzing, like screaming pain wow. every day of my life. Four years, too. That's insane. It was nuts. So one day we were having a basketball game and I was sitting on the bench and the migraine was so bad. And I'm like, 
this thing's fucking with my basketball. <laughs> like, I'm the water boy. But it's like, <laughs> it's fucking with my basketball game. Like, I can't do this anymore. So I called my grandfather up. I said, I'm not going to school tomorrow. Like, we got we to gotta try to find a new doctor or something. So my eye hurt all the time. My left eye hurt. And he, he said, maybe, maybe we'll just try an eye doctor. You know, like, we haven't tried that yet. Like, well, let's go see. And he took me to this ophthalmologist. Uh, never forget her name, Dr. Cantor Weiner. And uh, she looked in my eye, and she could see the brain tumor. She could see it by just looking in my eye. Come on. And she was like, we got to get you over to MRI. And um, I was scared for a couple months. It was, it was terrifying. Like, I just never left bed. I lived across the street from the high school, shut down my businesses and everything. And there was this one day where the basketball team walked across the street, came to my house, and they said, Charlie, man, come to practice. And from that day forward, my life changed forever. And that was when I learned the power of kindness. Wow. Simple thing. It wasn't money. Mm. It wasn't gifts. They just cared. Yeah. They came and picked me out of a dark place and just wanted me to come to the, to the school. Yeah. And then I got back into school. I wasn't scared anymore. And I became the happiest person alive. But, but I want to ask you about the moment you find out you have a brain tumor. Because I think that is insane. How do you? How old were you? 16, 17. Fuck. And like, at, okay, so at 16, what's the initial feeling when, when, when you're told, hey, Charlie, you have a brain tumor? It was, it was mixed because it wasn't, I, I didn't feel like I was going to die. Okay. Like there was like an intrinsic knowing, like yeah. this isn't how I die. But then there was a depression. But then there was part of me that was kind of liked it because my parents were being nice to each other. Wow. Like it kind of like brought yeah. them together. And I was like, this is kind of nice. Yeah. yeah. But then when I kind of went into my depression, just being in the, in the bedroom for days, I was just, I don't know, man. It was heavy. It was, it was definitely heavy. But I'll tell you an interesting thing about my brain. It erases bad memories. Like it's hard for me to remember anything bad. Uh -huh. My like it literally erases all the bad anything bad that's ever happened in my life. My brain erases it, so it's hard for me to tell you the exact feelings. Uh -huh. I remember I was depressed, but I yeah, I look at it now and I'm like so grateful for everything that happened. So it's like there's no negative emotions attached to it in my mind. But you never had a feeling like I mean like this this may be it like this may be what kills me when i got older i did okay yeah when i got when i got sick again okay. that's when do you think that that looking back now like it happened for a reason absolutely it yeah. was destiny mm. like I, I told you when i was a little kid i want to be an athlete mm -hmm. like i don't really know why i'm sent down the path i'm sent down but i just trust them yeah, yeah. if i didn't have the brain tumor if i wasn't overweight I would have never left my dream. But me leaving the dream, I come, became really successful in music. And that success and the saving and the investing allowed me to walk away from the music industry and actually chase my dream. So the brain tumor, everything was perfect. I, I'm very uh, pronoid. Yeah. So, so, so you got paranoid and you got pronoid. Paranoid is the universe is conspiring against me. Oh, my brain tumor is going to kill me. Oh, why does all these bad things happen to me? That's paranoid. 
oh, something bad is going to happen. Paranoid. Pronoid is the universe is conspiring for me. Mm. Like, oh, this brain tumor got to be for a reason. Yeah. And then come to find out, that's why I got my dream. My brain tumor gave me my dream. It didn't take my dream away. Yeah. Did you have to get, uh, like, was it uh, chemotherapy? Was it, uh, like, a um, procedure to take it, it was, out? It was inoperable. So it was wrapped around my eye. Oh, shit. The, the most interesting thing that I was dealing with was, like, let's say, like, I was in my room. And then, like, my dad's friend walks past the window because he, like, helping my dad with something in the yard. And I would get scared. If I got scared, it would put so much, like, pressure because it was, like, wrapped around the artery that goes into my brain. I'd get, like, paralyzed. Like, I couldn't move for, like, three minutes because the blood flow to my brain, it would, I guess it would, like, the blood would rush, but they had nowhere to go. Uh -huh. Well, I don't know exactly, but it was wrapped around the artery. It was wrapped around my eye. And it was corroding the top of my spine because it was there for so long. Cause the, yeah, you didn't know. The, 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 the uh, migraine doctor kept giving me yeah. medicine for migraine. <laughs> Advil. I'm like, bro, it's not working. Yeah. So, so how did they get rid of it? If it was so there was, a, there was a pill that hmm. I would take twice a week, and it actually worked Wow. until I got older and then stopped working. Okay. So the pill shrunk it. Okay. Which was like, to me, best thing ever until the pill stopped working and started affecting my heart valves. And yeah. they kept like jacking up my dosage. Yeah. And then it would like shut down my energy system and yeah. like paralyze me in a whole nother way to where I'm like, I can't take this anymore. Yeah, yeah. Of I was like, what's the root of why I have this brain tumor? Yeah. And so it all came down to food. Remember when I told you, like, at school, like, after lunch, I would always get the migraines? It's because I was so unhealthy. So you were eating. I mean, school food, you know, yeah, tater tots, pizza, same thing every day. Yeah. It tastes yeah. great. Um, but it would paralyze me. And so I changed, this was later in the story, but I changed everything. Yeah. I changed everything I was consuming, not just food. My environment, my city, my business, my television, social media. I deleted everything. Mm -hmm. I wanted a rebirth. So yeah. when I got sick when I was 28, I, I wanted a rebirth. So like, I was like, let me go back to zero. Yeah. So I, I removed my business. I removed social media. I removed television. I removed everything. And I only ate like living food. Because to me, I just need simple things. I was like, if you are what you eat, is what I'm eating dead or alive? Yeah. Simple. Dead or alive. Yeah. It's like Cliff Bar, dead. It can sit on the shelf for like seven years. True. <laughs> or like, you know, steak, you know, like it's dead. You know, we're like an orange, it's alive. Yeah. So I just started eating living food and guess what happened to me? It changed so everything. I started living. I started living. <laughs> <laughs> so 16, this is when the first tumor happens. Yeah. Right? You're overweight at that point. Oh, yeah, always. So you get back. Basketball team says, yo, you got to get back at it. Let's yep. get it. What's the next move for you? When does the music start happening? That's when, that's when, the that's music, when it starts. Yeah. Right? So how, how do you get introduced to that industry? Man, I'll tell you, bro. There were these kids at school. They had these uh, black jackets on with embroidery on the back. And I was like, man, that is so cool. It was just the simplest thing. Yeah. They just like, you know, something is for you when like your, 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 your eyes light up with stars. Yeah, simple too. Yeah. Simple. Yeah, I'm yeah. just like. Dang, like they're rappers and they yeah. had their like crew. Mm -hmm. 
and their crew was called Black Mob. Okay. Um, which, you know, they made all the dance music Sick. on the east side of Atlanta. And um, I was like, I want to be a part of something like that. Just the jackets. I want some jackets. <laughs> and you didn't, you weren't like really like passionate about music before that, were you? I mean, I'd listen to okay. it. But as an entrepreneur, it's like, where am I going to be? Yeah, you, you know how to start, essentially. Mm-hmm. So I built a website. Okay. Uh, which was essentially SoundCloud before SoundCloud. Okay. So it was a streaming service because there was a problem I was trying to solve. Yeah. On MySpace, you can only upload eight songs. Okay. So I was like, I'm going to make a site for artists to upload unlimited songs with an embeddable player that they could put on their MySpace page. And so it's called spitchergame.com. Cool. Spitchergame.com? Um, mm-hmm. Okay. And I've created a media outlet out of it. And I was interviewing people and making music videos and behind the scenes. And I was the famous cameraman of Atlanta. I was Lyrical Lemonade before Lyrical Lemonade. You were early. You beat SoundCloud. You beat Lyrical Lemonade. Yeah. Okay. So you were kind of just using the platform to go around, meet new artists, put put them on. Put them on. They would get records. And I guess your network was skyrocketing at that point. Well, then Soldier Boy calls me. And then I'm on tour. And he became the number one artist in the world. Yep. And it was just like, that's what got me in the game. Yeah, Soldier Boy found you after he you found created me. that website. Yeah, he was a fan okay. because he lived in Mississippi. Wow. Okay. And everybody, he was a fan of everybody in Atlanta that was in my network. So when he got signed, he told the record label, I want Charlie to be my cameraman. And so that was my big break. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. and then I got fired. <laughs> <laughs> how long did you how long did you work with Soldier Boy? Six months. I was yeah. a terrible employee. Really? Terrible. But why? <laughs> I thought it was my show. <laughs> like I'm like, yo, like I know you're a rapper and whatnot, but like I'm like the famous cameraman. <laughs> <laughs> was I, I feel like that would have been like the first time your ego came out. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I got a diamond chain on. <laughs> like <laughs> Well, but I mean, you know, you gotta make those mistakes. Yeah. I'm 18. I'm, I'm stupid. But you know? but what did that call? I want to know what that call was like. Like you got a direct call from Soldier Boy. Was it through somebody else? Like yeah. So so this is when I learned the first time that like there's magic in this world, in this universe. Okay. Because I was in community college, and I was buying time because I did not want to be at school. And I lost my scholarship, and I'm signing up for my second year of classes, and I'm, like, having to pay for this. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, uh, this is terrible, like, paying for books and stuff. I'm like, uh, I don't even want to be here. Now I have to pay to be here? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> like, I got to pay. <laughs> and so, like, I called in, like, a miracle. And I was like, I, this, no, I need something to happen to get me out of here. And my phone rang. And it was a guy by the name of Brian Washington from Interscope Records. He had the deepest voice. It sounded like God was calling me. <laughs> said, is this Charlie? From, is this Charlie? This is Brian Washington from Interscope Records. And I said, yeah, this is Charlie. He said, uh, we just signed this artist, and he wants you to go on tour with him. I said, God, you listen. <laughs> wow. I mean, it's, it's a true story. Yeah. And, uh, man... I, I went home, asked my mom if I could drop out of school. She said, if you drop out of school, you got to pay rent. I said, <laughs> I said, but I'm going on tour. She said, you're not in school. You're stuff here. You're paying rent. Yeah. So uh, we, we did a little deal, started paying my mom rent, and I'm on the road. And, and how was that first 
interaction with Soldier Boy? And because was he, was he like Soldier Boy at that point? Like was he big yet? With the kids, he was. Okay. So like the MySpace. Yeah. Kids, he was a star, but his mm. song was just getting to radio. Like my first interaction with Soldier Boy, we actually got stuck on an elevator. Come on. Together. It was literally birthed in like a viral sensation. Like okay. literally God was ordaining him with all the viral moments. We're, we're in the a Bank of America. We're going to the second floor where like College Park Music's offices are. They're on top of a bank. Like literally. Crazy. And the elevator broke. And it was great. All this is on YouTube. You could Google it um, or YouTube it. But Soldier Boy was the first artist to vlog. Yeah, full-time cameraman. We put out videos every day. It was great until I started like telling him he was doing things wrong. Cameramen should not be doing that. <laughs> um, and yeah, I got fired, and it was the best thing ever happened. I was a delusional <laughs> optimist. I was yeah. like, "This is great. I get to be a manager now." Fired directly by him, though, or was no. it through Interscope? No, no, no. They didn't even tell me I was fired. It was crazy. <laughs> so we we're supposed to go to Jimmy Kimmel. Okay. Which is crazy because the day I got fired, we were supposed to do Jimmy Kimmel show, and now the executive producer of the Jimmy Kimmel show is, ex is executive producing my TV show. Super trippy. Wow. Um, but we're going to the airport, and we're supposed to fly out, but I didn't get my itinerary. We're supposed to get the itinerary. <laughs> so I just go to the airport, and I'm like, I run into everybody. Like, I knew we're flying out sometime this morning. Nobody's answering my calls. I'm just like in the airport for like four hours and I'm like, I think I'm fired. <laughs> like, like ice, I got ice machined yeah. and uh, nobody would even talk to me for weeks. Damn. So it was just like, I got fired without even being told. <laughs> <laughs> so you just kind of, you're like, all right, I got to just move on from here. Well, yeah, I went home to my mom and I was like, I think I'm fired. <laughs> nice. And and she was like, are you upset? I'm like, no, this is great. Yeah. I was like, cameraman was the least paid person on the team. Facts. <laughs> like. Yeah. I, I probably wouldn't have quit. Yeah. So this is great. So it kind of worked out. <laughs> and then for what's, reason. Yeah. What's your next move from there? You go home, you get fired, or not get not even fired. They don't even point. tell they you. Just stop telling you things. <laughs> yeah. You go home. What's your next play at that point? Humbling moment. Um, but I always believe the gifts come in the darkness. That's mm. like Santa. Like, Santa doesn't deliver it in the daylight. When yeah. it's dark is when the presents come. So yeah. when bad times are happening, I actually expect the gifts. Because okay. I believe more gifts are delivered in my life when bad times happen than good times. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I'm really humbled. And I'm passing out flyers in New Orleans for NBA All-Star Weekend for a party. And I'm, like, literally just on a street team. Not my party. I'm just on the street <laughs> team and not even getting paid. Like, I'm just like trying to just move around and be active. And my friend, he showed me this music video of his, this girl he's talking to. And she's an artist. And I looked at this video and she's in a group. And I'm like, I want to sign this group. Like, this group is the future. My eyes lit up, just like yeah. with the, the, jacket. you know, the jackets. Yeah. My eyes lit up. <laughs> yeah. So that's how I knew. And, um, I went to this guy by the name of O.G. Carl Washington. What a name. He's a, he's nice. a, he was Soldier Boy's attorney. Cool. And um, I asked him, I said, man, how do I become a manager? And he gave me a contract. And I said, so what do I do? He said, you go over to their house. You sit down with their moms. And you <laughs> give them the contract. 
tell them they have an attorney review it and then they'll sign it. I guarantee it. And then we'll get them a record deal. And so I went over to their house nervous as hell. Like it's grandma, mom, mom, two daughters. And I'm just like a little white boy. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm going to make y'all stars. I'm going to get y'all a record deal. And um, they signed it and I got them a record deal in 24 hours. Damn. And my career, like for me to be able to like, yeah. Go from passing out flyers to being like a record, like I was big time manager. Yeah. Got them signed with uh, Interscope Records. Um, and then they fired me. <laughs> <laughs> so in 24 hours, they got signed. They got, they got a record deal. They got a record what, deal. What is that? How does that even happen that fast? Like, how did you, you just using your resources and network at the point? So, so I, so OG Carl Washington and College Park Music, so who had Ying Yang Twins, Soldier Sick. Boy, uh, they signed, you know, Sick. they signed oh, cool. them and they believed in me. So you they were believed like a, in my ability to market. You were like the middleman to get it done. Mm-hmm. Cool. Mm-hmm. But they let you have it under your name. Well, I was a the manager. They Sick. were the record label. Sick. So six months passes, and you know, like I'm right back in my mom's basement. <laughs> <laughs> I got fired again. Yeah. And 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 that time was tougher. It okay. wasn't like as like delusional with my optimism. I went through another little depression. Okay. Sure. And 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 when I'm depressed, I, I rest. And when I rest, I get visions. Okay, like Raven Simone style. Well, this like, is what I wanted to ask you, right? Because you're having these moments, and I guess when they're happening, you're taking the time to reflect mm-hmm. on what just happened. Mm-hmm. What mistake did I just make? Did I make a mistake? I did. So was, were those the thoughts that you were having? Absolutely. Yeah. And then this is where I was like, I need to boss up. Mm. I was like, forget the like, hip-hop charlie like i'm putting a suit on okay i'm 20 so it's like people i have like a baby face too so it's like i'm putting the suit on and i'm never going to be disrespected again it's like people are firing me because i'm just not a boss Mm. like Like i need to be pushed around kind of thing like they were around overlooked underestimated undervalued and so i put the suit on and went and signed this guy group and I never got personal with them, ever. I wouldn't talk about girls with them. I wouldn't let them see me have fun. It was like, if I'm talking to them, it's business. I like that. And this is every day for the next 10 years. Yeah. Like, this was who I became. I'm CEO Charlie. I've got my suit on. I pass out the flyers. I do everything. I'll edit the videos. I am of servitude, and I am going to win. Yes. And it was only about winning because I got so tired of losing but the visions that hit me when I was in that depression were I saw me and I would go on these long walks at nighttime and there was this vision I saw in this club where everybody is in this section standing on sofas and we all have these jackets on. <laughs> but I see it so clearly and it's like, my, my, my artist is, is standing on the sofas and they're holding the bottles and they, they've got the biggest song in the club and the whole club is just rocking. I saw this vision as I'm going on these long, depressed walks at night. And when I saw the vision, I was like, okay, I can see it. I know it's real. And it wasn't a year later. And it, it hit me because we were in the club Standing on the sofa with the jackets on. It was Quez of Travis Porter's birthday. All the way turned up is the number one song 
in Atlanta and about to be number one in the world. And we're on the sofa, Club Miami, on Buford Highway. The most popping night, Memorial Weekend. And it was just like, I saw it and we made it. Yeah. And that's a big track, by the way. (laughs) That's a huge track. It was the biggest at, at the time for sure. Yeah. And then it was taken away from us, and then we fell off, and all the record labels didn't want to sign us because it actually ended up being Roscoe Dash's song. And then he put Soldier Boy on it, replaced Travis Porter, my arch nemesis. It was like, oh, God. <laughs> shit, bro. No, but you, you, you mentioned it too. Like when you're seeing these these visions and and you're reflecting when you're when you're feeling depressed, you're kind of putting yourself in a situation to to already live as your future self. That's mm-hmm. kind of what you were doing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, if I'm gonna be there in a year, I have to start acting like that now, mm-hmm. right? So is that something that you take with you with every project or every time you kind of adapt or reinvent yourself? You got to start moving like that now to be there in three years? Absolutely. Yeah. I look at everything as an opportunity level up. Like I'm leveling up right now Yeah. in my life. Like I'm more focused than I've ever been. I'm a, For the first time in my life, I'm going to be successful at health and business and fun. Yeah. Hell yeah. None have ever existed at the same it's time. It's all together, yeah. yeah that's health tough. exists when there's no business. Yeah. Business is great, but the health sucks. Yeah. And then usually business can be fun, health can be fun, but to have all three, it's tough. I'm doing it right now. At the highest yes. level. At the three. highest level. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm seeing who I want to become. Yeah. I, I, I vision, I go on my manifestation walks every morning and I just go into the future. Yeah. And Andre 3000 said, spaceships... Don't come equipped with rear view mirrors. We mm. did. So it's like, let's just go forward. Yes. Yes. Instead of wasting all of our time thinking about the past. The past and all the things that went wrong. Or like, no. I think a lot of people like to live in the past, man. We were talking about this yesterday, right? We were talking yeah. about living in the past because people feel if they move forward, they'll lose everything they had in the past. Mm. You know, they're, they're, mm. they're not that person anymore. Maybe not without those friends or without that relationship with their parents or so people kind of are scared yeah. to not live in the past. Yeah. And you've probably seen that too a lot, right? Not personally, but like with I see it around other you, people. Right? Exactly. That's what uh, I'm saying, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm actually curious. I want to ask you quickly because you made a good point. I think this is something that even ourselves in our business, we've kind of been, it's been hard to navigate. Like you mentioned when you wanted to boss up and you wanted to take that next step, you started putting on suits. Mm-hmm. You're like, I want to be taken seriously with uh, like the people you're managing, the artists you're managing, like you never let them see you have fun. Mm -hmm. You didn't talk about girls. You kept it like 100, like Mm -hmm. straight business, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm very conflicted on that. And I don't know, maybe if you've changed your your thought about that, but I'm conflicted on, is that the best way to do it? Do you still believe that's the best way to do it? Or do you believe that you can have relationships or friendships, let's say with people that you're managing or employees of yours or team members like i'm curious what your thoughts are today on that is it still the same or is it different because you didn't come in here with a suit today Mm-mm. no <laughs> i'm i'm not i'm not a manager anymore <laughs> <laughs> but but even even in your business today in, in my business today i experienced the struggles when i wasn't wearing the suit mm-hmm. and i wasn't personal yeah I've created a very family environment okay and it's a lot harder running a business with that family dynamic for me because you get too close people uh, I I was a better business owner when there wasn't the personal 
We're friends, obviously. We're yeah. like friends, but like, if you're talking to me, you you know what time it is when I walk in the room. Mm. We're talking about business, yeah. we're focused. Yeah, almost like one of those like motivational speakers that doesn't have any fun and yeah. it's just like grind, grind, <laughs> yeah. grind, grind. Yeah. That was me, but that's what I had to do to get in the game. Okay, now I'm very successful, so I don't have to do that. Okay, you know now yeah. I could wear what I want to wear, but there are challenges with the relaxed friendship type family organization. I, I do experience challenges with it. Of course. Probably need to hire the person <laughs> who is not the yeah. friend and yeah. let that person be the bad yeah. cop. Yeah. Um, but no, I experience challenges in my business every day. Yeah. So, so you believe that it can still be done, the whole family friendship vibe with your team is just harder? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Or, or just like figuring out the expectations of it. It's yeah. something I've never done before. Okay. So I'm trying to learn. Yeah. And There's gotta I'm be boundaries. going to figure it out because I'm not ever going to put the suit back on and yeah. be like, <laughs> no, like when I'm with my team, I'm <clears throat> laughing. I'm yeah. having a good time. Yeah. I'm not trying to be a drill sergeant. No, but I, I do need to hire the drill sergeant. <laughs> yeah. What, what do you think about like being an entrepreneur and, and it's talked about all the time online, like you should have balance in your life, right? But then there's other people that say, if you're trying to be great at something, there's going to be a big moment with no balance. Mm-hmm. Do you think you went through that? That's all I know. That's all you know, right? <laughs> and I think now you're at a point where you're trying to have that balance because you went through that time of no balance. I don't even know how to spell balance. <laughs> <laughs> no, but is that something that you ever think about? Like, I should be more balanced or is it more just like, nah, like if I'm trying to be the best at this, there is no balance. I, right I now. don't. I don't believe greatness and balance. Well, the, the greatness. There's different types of greatness. Of course, of course. There's a guy who's surfing right now, who's living the greatest life, True. and he's balanced. And to him, that's greatness. Um, for me, I'm more so like definitely in the matrix of yeah. like <laughs> nice. <laughs> certain things are important, um, but I also believe. That I'm at least aware that I'm in the matrix. It's true. Okay. You're already self-aware. Like, yeah. It's like physical world of material things or success or like for me, I'm very passionate about helping people. Yeah. But like to me, I'm still in that like athlete mindset of like, all right, we need to help more. You yeah. know, yeah. like more. It's um balance. Right now, I'm training for an Ironman. What's balanced about that? Absolutely. <laughs> That's nothing. crazy. Zero balance. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm you know, trying to grow a foundation and to like make a wish level yeah. like that's difficult yeah um i just need to become better yeah you know I, i'm definitely balance needs to exist for my health but i just gotta create my non-negotiables it's not like this like massive life reinvention it's just like no i'm not gonna do a podcast at 9 a.m yeah. i will do it at one yes you yeah. know thank you like, just <laughs> appreciate, like, that. appreciate that <laughs> i don't know if y'all tried to say <laughs> no that. no we didn't <laughs> we're one o'clock guys too so it's like certain <laughs> non-negotiables i think are the first thing i have to learn how to do in my life because i'm in new york last week on the new york stock exchange and i'm like creating my non-negotiables but i'm like i'm going to be an athlete in the morning but then like New York Stock Exchange wants me there for the opening bell at 9.30. And I'm like, oh, yeah. do I say no? Yeah. All right, let's do the New York Stock Exchange. That didn't work out once in New York. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, yeah, yeah. I was trying to figure it out. Yeah, you know? just going through it. Even making the non-negotiables, I think a lot of people, like, 
they underestimate the value of that, mm-hmm. right? They underestimate the value of sitting down and saying, this is what I can and can't do to get to where I want to be. And I did that and then yeah. broke it my second week. Well, that's what I wanted to ask. How was, how was that? Non-negotiable was non-negotiable. <laughs> how was that process for you? And how were, how were you creating the non-negotiables in your I, life? I can't even figure out fully how to do it. I know how to do it when I'm at home in Malibu. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But man, honestly, like, if Drake called and was like, yo, I want you to come on the tour... Make dreams come true every stop of the way. You think my non-negotiables are going to exist? <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> like, it's like, that's what I'm trying to figure this yeah. thing called life out. I ain't figured it out. I think we out. all are, bro. Yeah. We're it's all trying like, to figure it out. It's like, no, like, that's fun. Like, let's go. Somebody from the Netherlands is calling me. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> I wouldn't, that, that's probably a real call. I, I, speaking of non-negotiables, yeah. speaking of balance, uh, we like to talk about relationships yeah. all the time. And I think those two words... Non, that's three words, non-negotiables and balance, play a big role in relationships. Obviously, speaking as entrepreneurs ourselves and speaking to a lot of successful entrepreneurs like yourself, we like to hear what your perspective on relationships is. So, like, I'm 35. Okay. okay. I've never been in a relationship over six months, and I've only been in two. Okay. I didn't have my first girlfriend until I was 30. Wow. So okay. it's new to me. Yeah. Mm. Like, like, dating, like, like I said, when I was tired of getting fired... Man, I'm not I'm not messing with these girls like that. Like yeah. I'm focused. I'm yeah. getting money. Like I can't, I don't have time. Yeah. yeah. So I was that stereotypical like entrepreneur. Yeah. Um but like dating is new to me. Yeah. And I want to do it right. Of course. You know, but I'm learning. Yeah, yeah. And I'm I'm taking my time. So Did you ever think the right relationship could have propelled you during those times? No. No. Mm-mm. You don't think so, eh? Mm-mm. Well, you, Why need, is that? you need it to be a free bird or what? You know what the name Charlie means? I free don't. man. It's <laughs> <laughs> literally what the name means. Is it actually or are you fucking with it me? It means two things. It means free man and warrior. I'm a great warrior because uh-huh. I fight for my freedom. Yeah. Damn. I fight for my freedom. What so the fuck you, does my name mean? <laughs> I know it's not that. I know it's not so, that So sure. you didn't do any relationships while you were on your, I guess, your come up and, and your whole journey. That's interesting. Not one. Do you want to have a family? course yeah yeah absolutely a little charlie, little Rogers charlie yes. a couple of rockets you can name a girl charlie a guy it's charlie it's, it's true. great it's yeah. true oh yeah i'm guaranteed to have a charlie <laughs> but you mentioned yeah. you mentioned like the light like i'm curious are you religious in any sense do you, or do you not really tap into that world like well religion and spirituality to me is all the same thing. okay 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 because i'll look at any religion and i think they're all freaking amazing yeah. i love yeah. it like like they're all like i'm like this is great yeah. because if I was, if I was God, for example, um, you could be. No, I'm you not. Could be the way you come in, you got the white fit on. I'm like, Yo, is, that, is that God coming through? I, I think about it from like a, a, a marketing standpoint. <laughs> if I was God, like of course, like Asian people would need like an Asian person to relate to. Uh-huh. A white person would need a white person to relate yeah. to, and you know, like it's like let me send down my different you know, profits yeah. so that everybody can have somebody they can relate to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're all getting us to the same place. Yep. It's yep. energy. It's like this being of goodness. Um, and then I look at the ancient mystics the same way, the yogis, the same way. Like it's all getting us to be a better person. Mm-hmm. So like the, the particulars, like I see a, a Buddha thing outside mm-hmm. right yep. now. And it's just like, the particulars, those were probably made by man. Like Jesus, for example, did not create Christianity. Yeah. Yeah. He was gone. Yeah. You know, like like but like 
each and every thing, if it takes us to being good and being light, why not? It's amazing. Yeah. Things that take people to bad, not amazing. Okay. So the people who don't believe in religion and just like love spirituality, that's great. Sure. Like, sure. Yeah. I love you. Everybody's beautiful. Everybody's mm-hmm. amazing. Just be a good person. Yeah. And not be a bad person. 100%. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Love. It yeah. comes down to one word. Yeah. Love. love. That's pretty much everything. It's facts. Whether you're a yogi, a mystic, a Hindu, a Christian, or Muslim. Yeah. It all comes down to love. True. Absolutely. All the other stuff is like pretty much man-made. I think they all, there's a common denominator. Everyone believes in a higher power. Yeah. Right? All yeah. religions. Mm-hmm. Are you into like spirituality in terms of like meditation and, and that oh, sort of stuff? Yeah, when did you start meditating? I'm not great at meditating, well, but, but I'll do like walking meditation. Okay. So my meditations are like manifestation walks where cool. I go into the future. I'll literally walk through a door, like an imaginary door. <laughs> and I'm like, when I walk through this door, I'm going into the future. And everything I see, like I'm walking around and I'm looking at everything in the future. And I'll go on these walks for hours and I'll see everything. And that's my form of like meditation, yeah. but also manifestation. Yeah. Um, I study quantum physics. It's, it explains so much that the ancient mystics were saying that, you know, I mean, when I think about, when I think about science, science is just magic once, like, they can quantify magic. Like, uh, think, for example, like, if I, like, 200 years ago, if I had a radio, mm-hmm. And like it was like an invisible thing was flying through the air. This little thing plays every note, but there's not like little instruments in there. You'd be like, "This is magic." Yeah. Like this is like like witchcraft. Mm-hmm. Like what? Like it's magic until science can explain to you what's happening. True. Now it's technology. Yeah. So if you think about it today, we are ancient for like. Yeah. You know, it's 300 true. years from now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like we're facts. ancient, like yeah. to where they're going to be like, wow. Like, remember when they like used to go to the hospitals and like had the scalpel? Like yeah. think about like surgery, like 500 years ago. Oh. We would be like, oh, they <laughs> don't know. But that yeah. 500 years ago, they were like, oh, this state of the art. Yeah. So we are ancient today. And one of the things I'm most excited about is when they invent the camera that can show us what's in between us. Mm. So, like, they invented a camera that could show us an x-ray. Mm-hmm. You know, it could, like, see our bones and stuff. But there's information flying between us. Just like there's songs and cell phone conversations flying past us right now. We can't hear them yeah. until you have the receiver. True. And then the receiver, like, it picks up the voice. And like, I can hear it right now. This is a receiver. But there's stuff going in between us. Yeah. And they'll be able to create a camera. And they'll show us. Crazy. You might have to create it, bro. Well, that's not my mission. <laughs> but I'm excited for it. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. when that happens, things will be really unlocked. Because yes. we're all connected. Yeah. We are not separate. Yeah. And we are co-creating. We're not, we're not observing this universe. Yeah. We are co-creating right now. Our thoughts are so powerful. Yes. And our words are spells. That's why they call it spelling. So it's like when we speak, think about it, man. How many species can create? (laughs) It looks like just one right now. Just one. Yeah, the way I'm seeing it. How many species can speak? 
English, just one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like a parrot could repeat something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but there's only there's this thing in common, like we have the ability to speak, mm-hmm. and we have this ability to create. And the root word, the root origin of the word abracadabra means as I speak, I create, and it's magic. That's why we say abracadabra, like when we use it with magic, because our words literally are magic. Yeah, our words are our wand. We say we want something. And if we believe it with our heart, it'll happen. You, to you, me, it's guaranteed. Yeah. You see something pretty crazy. I actually had a conversation with a, a friend of mine a couple of weeks ago, and he said he was talking exactly about what you're talking about, where there's this saying where they say actions speak louder than words, but maybe we actually been looking at it wrong the whole time. Mm. Our words are so powerful, mm-hmm. and I think people don't realize that, right? Mm-hmm. Like what you speak will come into existence mm-hmm. what you think comes into existence so maybe that saying actually isn't completely accurate sometimes the words we speak actually hold more weight than actions i'm not, I'm not saying all the time mm-hmm. but in certain situations i think people forget that or maybe they just don't even know it hasn't really been taught and i think now this is kind of being spoken about more but what you put out into the universe what you say mm-hmm. what you speak mm-hmm. is real that's real energy mm-hmm. and if you say something enough Mm-hmm. That the that upper uh, higher power will give it to you, yeah. good or bad. You got to be ready for it, and that's but that's the thing, right? Yeah. And I think that's why people kind of get nervous, like they they they, they don't want to say things. I mean, that's kind of why we love doing these interviews and and having these podcasts because we get to speak things into existence, yes. and it's so cool because you you'll sit here and speak something into existence. You can look six months from now and be like, oh, bro, thank God for these cameras, <laughs> these microphones, because I said that." And then it happened. Yeah. You know what I mean? Words hold a lot more power than we think. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's like, you want to call it magic. You want to call it spirituality, energy. Words are very powerful. Absolutely. More powerful than we've been led to believe. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that's them. They're trying to like hold us down. I don't know who them is necessarily. That's what I wanted to ask you. Why do you think think they don't teach this? Well... You know what I mean? Why <laughs> we, were, we were taught a, a phrase when we were kids. Yeah. Uh, complete the sentence. Don't say anything you're going to... Regret. Jinx it. Oh, I jinx thought it. you were going to say jinx it. <laughs> you know how people Oh, that like, too, that too. Like, like, no, don't say anything. Like, I'm a jinx, you're going to jinx True. it. Like, no. That's, to me, that's... That's like even in sports. Talk. Like, oh, these guys are about to smash this. Don't say that, bro. They're going to yeah. lose now. No, man. So you look at it the opposite uh, way. I tell everybody my dreams. We do the same thing. Yeah. I used to even lie. Well, you're, yeah. you're like fake it till you make it fake kind it of thing. Yeah. Hell, it. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I mean, it tripped me out the very first time. Like, I was in high school doing my website thing. And I told this friend named, my, this guy named BJ. I'll okay. never forget. His name was BJ. I said, oh, yeah, I'm about to go on tour. About to go on tour. And then I, I listed off the specific cities because I had met one DJ who was like at an internet radio station in Vegas. I said, Man, we're going to Las Vegas. And then I was just like, I was lying. Yeah. Uh-huh. But like I was speaking it. Yeah. And when when I ended up on tour with Soldier Boy and we performed at the Palm Suite with Kanye West for the VMAs in Las Vegas. Crazy. I was like, I said I was yeah. going on tour and I was going to Vegas. Yeah, it's crazy. You know what? We had Patrick Bet David on, um, and he says something all the time. He says, "You're not lying. You're just telling your future truth." I like that. Right? Mm -hmm. You're not. You're not telling a a lie. Maybe it's a present lie, Mm -hmm. but it's a future truth. Mm -hmm. So that's something that you pretty much 
Just don't lie if it like hurts anybody. Yeah, well, but course, lie all day long. That's, if it that's what hurt you anybody. mentioned too. Like lying to yourself in the moment is fine because you, if you if you put yourself in that mindset to be future truth, then it's okay. Yeah, you're not hurting anyone around you. Yeah, yeah as long as you're not hurting anybody with a lie, that's kind of right? what it is. And I think even the whole manifesting thing is looked at like by a lot of people as like some voodoo shit, and it's like too spiritual, and it's like, oh, what do you guys believe in? So even a lot of people are trying to get into it now because they hear stories about what you've done, right? And how you've manifested. A lot of people come out now and say, I've, I've wanted to do this my whole life. I've said it my whole life. It's so funny. They right? think this is some like new well, thing. Well, uh, this is what I want to ask you, right? <laughs> like Maybe the ancient mystics like 3,000 <laughs> right? years ago. Well, like, there's, there's <laughs> going to be a lot of people watching that's, that, that don't manifest and don't look at their future truth or don't yeah. look at their future self. So maybe what advice would you have for them? How did you get into it and how can they get into it? It's just fun. <laughs> yeah. Like, wh- why, are you, why are you doing all this, like, worrying about, like, if it works or not? Mm-hmm. Or, like, 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 oh, what are people going to think? No, like, going to the future is fun. I asked it's you, like, what's your dream interview? Yeah. You said, Drake. Yeah. I yeah. had fun going to that moment with you. Mm-hmm. It's fun creating the future. Did you see, me, there? Did you see like, me next to Drake? I just can't wait for it to happen. Yeah, It'll okay. be so inspirational. I think you got to be there now because we're, we're manifest. Like I said, we're <laughs> manifesting this together. So Drizzy, let's make this happen, bro. We said, I think I've said this to him how many times? Oh, <laughs> a, a couple times. Every other episode, I think. I think, think. Tra- I think, I think Charlie's going to be with us straight up. <laughs> we got the good energy right yeah, now. That's yeah, why. the vibes are good. But I actually want to kick it back quickly. Like I, I asked, I know we kind of got lost there, but yeah. why do you think this isn't taught? Why do you think this isn't taught to, to kids at a younger age? Like speak what you want yeah. put because it out into the world because we're ancient bro <laughs> like they can't teach something like legally like unless it's like um for sure for sure they just can't teach meta physical um it's it's a lot easier i guess to teach religion but religion and prayer is manifestation as well Meditation yeah yeah exactly well. i pray oh my gosh i mean this i need so, i need a blessing bro <laughs> come on yeah. and then it comes true so yeah. it's like meditate yeah. pray like it's all the same thing yeah, to me true. um but they don't teach it but that's okay cuz mm-hmm. one day it will not be magic and it'll be proven by science and then it'll be called technology facts that's it yeah once true. magic is proven by science then it becomes technology that's it yeah and we're just we're just old school man yeah. we're like we were born in this antiquated this is antiquated i'm sorry mm-hmm. like the fact that like we're here like and we're still like we're just we're just now using batteries to like drive a car. Like we're yeah. like what took so long? Like yeah. why can't why can't we fly in a car? Why can't my car just get up and I go yeah. to Malibu <laughs> in ten minutes? Like yeah. we're antiquated. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's when we were born here and um one day it will just be technology of like exactly how the um what happens between our heart and how the universe works mm-hmm. because it is all coded in, in math. Everything is math. Everything's math. And how that math changes based upon our feelings and our thoughts, once that's quantified, then they'll be like, first grade, all right, <laughs> sit down. When you do this, this thing changes yeah. mathematically. Yeah. Wow. And they've already proven it in quantum physics. Yeah. Um, it's just a little too complex. Sure. They need to create the K 
kindergarten version for it, which, you know, people who teach manifestation, they create it, but it's still metaphysical. It will be actual just math. So so you think people are currently working on trying to figure that out? Absolutely. It's what quantum physics is all based in. And and so much has been proven. Uh For example, um, they took uh, human DNA and they put it in a um, like a beaker. Okay. And the um, human DNA actually made all the light particles form in a in a um, like a formation. Okay. Around the human DNA, so like human DNA changed light photons. Everything in this world is made of photons. It's all light particles. Yeah. So human DNA changes light particles. Now they remove the human DNA. Yeah. And the light particles stay the same as if the human DNA was there. Yeah. Okay. Mm. So that just shows you we are affecting the entire world around us. And light particles, photons, which everything is made of, reacts to human DNA. It doesn't react to other stuff. Human DNA has some secret little magical power mm-hmm. For sure. that is just different than other stuff. Yeah. So the next uh, experiment that the military did, um, they took, let's say they took you, right? Yeah. They took a man. They swabbed his mouth for his DNA. They put it in a nice little Petri dish, and they put an instrument on it to see what, like, the vibration of his DNA is. And they took him and put him in the other side of the building and had him watch an emotional film, something that would activate his heart. Feeling. All of our feeling comes from here. Not here. It comes from here. And so watch an emotional film, and they had an instrument on him as well, monitoring the energy coming off of him. His chart pattern was the same. Was the exact same. He was connected. It's called quantum entanglement. His DNA is in this room. He is in a completely different room. And as he watches this emotional film and the chart goes like this, so did the DNA in the Petri dish. Yeah. And then when he got sad, goes like this, got excited, the exact same. So they said nothing moves at the speed of light, faster than the speed of light. Not true. There's one thing that moves faster than the speed of light because it's not moving at all. It just is. It's simultaneous at the same time. There's no transfer of energy between the quantum particles. It's entangled. So that means we're connected to everything. You you know what's funny? I I read about a study, actually. uh, They did it with monkeys where they kind of put them on an island. Bro, mind-blowing. You saw this, right? Explain it because it's so good. Yeah, yeah. So I I don't know. I might not get it perfect. Feel free to jump in. But essentially, they put... One group of monkeys on a side where, um, you know, they had tools to kind of build things, mm-hmm. build, uh, uh, um, let's say, homes or whatever. Obviously not homes, but tree house or something. Tree, like, yeah, like okay. things, things that they could like build and they gave them sort of tools and, and, and there was more food around them and things like that. And then they put another set of monkeys on the other side of the island, you know, no food, no tools to do anything, whatever, um, basically left there to starve, let's say. Mm-hmm. And within a few days... There were the monkeys on the side that had all of the tools and things to like learn and 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 start building things to help them survive. All of a sudden, so they start doing that. All of a sudden, the monkeys simultaneously on the other side of the island that have zero contact with each other start learning how to do the same thing at the same time with no teachers. With no oh teachers, God. they're completely separated. They were connected. Information travels. Yes, exactly. Like through like our our consciousness. Yep. Yes. Yep. 
It's crazy. They have no connection, no nothing. One group is figuring something out on one side of the island. The others, the other group of monkeys on the other side learned it like bro. It was like instant. It wasn't like they just like, oh, like somehow figured it. No, like it was like instantaneously. Can I tell you a couple really weird stories? Of course. These are recent. I'll tell you some old ones too. I, I would write in my notebook, I'm gonna be a Nike athlete. I'm in a commercial with LeBron James and Serena Williams. I'm fat. <laughs> like I, I get a phone call from Nike, just like I got a phone call from Interscope. I get a phone call from Nike, and I ended up in the biggest Nike commercial of all time with LeBron James and Serena Williams. I believed I was already connected to it. I believed it was already done. Time hadn't caught up yet. So that's like an older story. Wow. I got thousands of these. I'll give you some recent ones. Mm -hmm. I'll start off super simple. There's a yerba mate. I drink every single day. It's tea, but okay. it's like as strong as like coffee. But it's called yerba mate. And um, I really like it. And I drink it every single morning. And I wrote down in my notebook. This was a week ago. I wrote down in my notebook. I want a brand deal with this company because I drink it every day. And I would love to just promote it because I literally love it. And I would love to get paid to promote it. <laughs> of course, like, yeah. It sounds great. So I get a phone call. Four days later, I don't post it on my Instagram. Yes. I get a phone call four, day, four days later. And it was this guy. And he said, Charlie, do you, you want to work with Puma? I'm like, man, I'm a Nike guy, bro. <laughs> He's like, what about a Yerba Mate? I said, what? Me, that's Come insane, on. Man. He connected me with the company, immediate, like the brand person at yeah. the company. Like, literally, like, I wrote it in my notebook. I was not seeking it out. I wasn't planting seeds. Yeah. I wasn't sending emails. Just energy. So that was one. Two, I watched the Air movie mm -hmm. with uh, about the Michael Jordan yeah. shoes, yeah. Nike. And um, it, it got me so inspired. Yeah. I was like, I want to fight for something. Yeah. I want something so big and so bold that I want to fight for it. Now, this is why it gets exciting because the universe will start conspiring for you. So I was like, what's the biggest thing I can do? I was like, I want a TV show because we had a TV show deal, but all the networks said no to us. We got told no 10 times. Damn. So I buried the idea and, you know, just going about my life. I don't do what I do for television. I help people because I love helping people. But then I was like, no, like I want the biggest show in the world. I want Netflix. So like I started like going on my manifestation walks. And then this is where the magic happens. I'm at the grocery store. I'm standing in line waiting for some fish behind the fish counter. And there was nobody behind the counter. So I'm just standing there. Standing there with my girl. And there's this guy in front of me. And I say to my girl, I said, that guy looks rich. <laughs> And we're like, what do you think he does? She's like, I think he's a doctor. It's like, I think he's a TV producer. And I'm like, I'm going to ask him. She's like, no, 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 don't ask him. He's like, no, oh, you're going to embarrass me. I'm like, no, I'm going to ask him what he does. So I like go tap him on the shoulder. So uh, me and my girl, we, we think you look rich. <laughs> he just started laughing. And we're like guessing what you do for a living. He said, go ahead and guess. Girl said, you're a doctor? He said, no. I said, you're a TV producer? He said, yeah. Oh my Crazy. So, so, so this is interesting that I didn't get his name. We just go our separate ways. But I was excited. Because okay. I was thinking about doing a TV show, and I guessed he was a TV producer. My phone rings a week later from a random fitness instructor in Miami. 
He trains a friend of mine, Lil Terrio. Yep. And I talked to this guy three years ago. This guy says, Charlie, I'm coming out to Malibu. He saw I moved to Malibu. He said, I'm coming out to Malibu. Let's get up. I was like, can't wait. He comes out. He says, I want to introduce you to my friend. So he invites us to a meeting with his friend. Come no on, way. Bro. There's no way. Come on, bro. You think I'll make this up? He's the executive producer of the Jimmy Kimmel Show. Now he's the executive producer of our TV show, and we're taking this thing to the number one show in the world. This is in one month. Bro. Swear and from the South. Swear for God. <laughs> <laughs> That's insane, man. What? No, this is how it works. I yeah. know. We're connected know. for real, bro. We're really connected. So people will hear this, right? They'll hear you saying, okay, I'm going to go for this walk. Mm -hmm. I'm going to manifest this. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go for this drive. I'm going to go for this meditation. But what are you doing in between the day-to-day? That's tell everybody. Yeah. That's all I talk about. Because there has to be more that happens, right? I have to believe it. Yes. And the only way to believe it is to drink the Kool-Aid. Every day. And I'm talking about straight Kool-Aid. Yeah. To where... I would call my friend Trav mm -hmm. who started thinking about the TV show. I'll call him. I'll talk about the TV show for hours. Yeah. yeah. Every day. Yeah. yeah. Like, I just talk about it. That's how it works. If yeah. I, like, we were, um, this is so trippy, bro. So we were helping this homeless artist. Okay. And we wanted Oprah to buy a painting. I mean, crazy, yeah. right? Yeah, and so me, me and my team, we're just like, talking about Oprah, 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 Oprah. It's literally, we probably said the word Oprah 400 times in a three-day period. I get a phone call from Entertainment Tonight who wants to interview me and the homeless artist because, I mean, the thing was blowing up. Yeah. And this girl named Tondo, she's going to be hosting the interview. Okay. I didn't do my research on her. She's just the correspondent or the interviewer. I didn't do my research on her. Yeah. Come and find out, it's Oprah's daughter. <laughs> but I didn't know this. So I'm going to show up to the interview. It's on Zoom. It's during the pandemic. Okay. So I'm on Zoom doing the live TV with Entertainment Tonight. And we're interviewing with Tondo. And then Oprah walks on the screen right beside her and says, I want to buy a painting. I so, think you might be God for real, bro. The way, the way no, you're talking. To I'm you. not God. <laughs> but this is, to me... It's technology. It's yes. not magic. Yeah. It is literally, uh, I can do it over and over and over and over. I can because it's, to me, it's technology. Yeah. So the more you believe in the delusion of the metaphysical, of, uh, to me, it's just real. It's just already done. I don't need to see it with my eyes open to know it's done. I saw Oprah with my eyes closed. So this, to me, it was done. And that's yeah. why I just say it over and over and uh, there she is, pops out on the screen. But you know, you know, it's, you know, I've noticed in all these stories and what you're saying is like, you're like, and you mentioned early, like, you're open to the blessings, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, and like, some people aren't. I ready. feel like there are blessings that are just waiting for people to be open to accepting them. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't know how to accept those blessings. Because they can go the opposite way too. There's yeah. a secret to accept a blessing. You know? It's real simple. Yeah. There's... Something bad going on in your life right now. Guaranteed. Yeah. Every yeah. single person. Yeah. It's, um, that bad thing is um, like an elevator for your cell phone reception. Right? Mm -hmm. It has you surrounded. It's really thick. And you can't connect. 
The second you give gratitude to that bad thing, you disarm it, you walk off the elevator, full bars. It's not difficult. Yeah. Mm. Whatever bad thing, find some gratitude in it. Be like, yeah. man, I'm so glad that happened. Yeah. Yeah. And then boom, full bars. Yeah. See, if you how frustrating is it to try to talk on the phone with no reception? <laughs> I can't yeah. do it. Uh, 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 <laughs> yeah. Just hang up and done. Yeah. No connection. That's a frustrating place to be. Yeah. Full bars is in the gratitude frequency. Mm. Yeah. Not just for the good stuff. That's that's the easy way out. Yeah. If you start finding gratitude for the bad stuff, watch your magic skyrocket. I yeah. think I think a lot of people go through life and i think we've all done this at, at certain points they just they're waiting for something bad to happen instead of something good because they're expecting it right you get what you expect yeah period yeah let's get we're gonna get back to the story a little bit now because i want to i want to transition into where he is now um you get out of the music industry okay what, how old are you when you get out 28 28 and you said you had enough at that point well i had a brain tumor well, <laughs> and okay. i had a dream so you get the, the brain tumor comes back <laughs> Brain tumor comes back. Comes back. Stronger than ever? Stronger than ever. And how does that affect you at that point? I was lost. Yeah. I would keep going to the ocean. Okay. And I would sit there with my notebook because I'm a, I'm a notebook guy. And I would like try to figure out and like literally like God talked to me. I was like, you ain't going to figure this out in your notebook. Mm. I closed it. And then it said, go on a journey. That's all. That was it. Yeah. Go on a journey. And that journey was a dream journey. Yeah. And my dream was to be an athlete. <laughs> Let's go. It makes no sense. Yeah. <laughs> it makes zero sense yeah. financially, <laughs> like athletically. Yeah. Just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But I'm just, I guess, smart enough to do dumb stuff. True. That doesn't make sense. But then, like, there's a lot of magic in it. Of course. Because if it's. If I got the download, there's a big reason. I just need to have a little faith. I'll get to the reason. So I left my $15 million a year business. I didn't ask for any money. I was just like, wow. I was like, I felt bad for my business partners because I was like, I'm leaving. They didn't ask me to leave. So I don't feel like they should have to pay me. Mm, like, true. you know, they're having to like, still like, they're going to have to do more work now. Yeah. You know, without me. So I just like said, y'all can have everything. Wow. And, um, they said, well, what are you going to do? I said, like, be an athlete. <laughs> they were like, huh? I was like, yeah. Like, I'm going to, like, do an Ironman and, like, ride my bicycle across America. <laughs> and uh, I did all that stuff. And uh, I was able to reverse brain tumor. And I became the Nike athlete. And it ended up making sense. It only took me a year. Wow. It took me a year. From the brain tumor to? Yeah. Oh, my God. Nike athlete. Yeah, I was in the biggest Nike commercial of all time, and it was named after me. Like, magic is real. Damn. What year is this? 2018. Okay. And this is when you did the, the rebirth, right? So is this the new social medias are coming out? The new, the new brand is coming out? So, yeah, I, I walked <clears throat> away in April okay. 2017. I got back on social media, so I took, like, almost a year off. Yeah. Um, I got back on social media, and one of the first things I got back on... I made a fan-made Nike commercial. I yeah. was just like, yeah. like I'm just going to be crazy. I'm going to make this like fan-made commercial, and Nike's going to see it. And they did. Wow. <laughs> so all that worked out. And then I started helping people because I got my dream. I mean, I was like, I knew how to make money. Yeah. Survived a brain tumor twice. Yeah. I got the 
live the dream. Yeah. I was like, what else is there to do? And, like, let's and that, that kind of leads you to start up the, the not-for-profit, right? Yeah. So talk a little bit about that because that's kind of what you're currently still building at the moment, right? Yeah. So how, does that, how, do you, how do you birth that? How does that come to be? Man, I was like, all right. I'm going to make people's dreams come true. And I'm going to mm. do it for the rest of my life. And I was like, that could be the coolest thing ever. Like, way cooler than, like, music. Like, let's make dreams come true. Like, mm-hmm. everybody's got a dream. Yeah. And, you know, other people just don't have the resources or mindset or this, like, what I would call technology. So it's like, all right, let's go get people out of a dark place. Mm-hmm. And started the nonprofit and just, like, one at a time, one person at a time. Whether it's a homeless man who wants to sell art, he made $330,000 in a week. Or a little girl wants to make cookies, mm-hmm. we helped her start a cookie business. She made $500,000 in a week. <laughs> you know, or a kid with cerebral palsy, want a clothing line, he made $400,000 in a week. Yeah. So just, you know, kids who want to go to Disney World with a princess. All right. Calling our princess friend from Sierra Leone. Like, she's going to go to Disney World with a princess. An yeah. actual real-life princess. Yeah. You know, so just making dreams come true. You know, like, kid wants to meet Steph Curry. How am I going to figure this out? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a dream. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. make it happen. Yeah. Um, trying to pull off miracles is fun. Yeah. Uh, trying to run a foundation not as fun yeah, <laughs> getting tough. donors is tough yeah man. hell yeah but i'll never stop like uh-huh. i'm at the last lo- that's to me that's the last level of the video game yeah okay making money you know all that stuff you know winning grammys and emmys that's cool but like the last level of the video game is like helping people yeah there ain't nothing else to do yeah yeah what am I going to do? Just go start another business and make more money? Like it's not that it's not that deep. I'd lo- I still will do that, uh-huh. but I'm not going to do it as a priority over helping people. Yeah. And, and how does that work now for you in terms of like you mentioned getting money from donors? Hardest thing I ever did in my life. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious. <laughs> I'm, I even just want to understand what that process is like. I've had to get real fearless. Yeah, I, I make phone calls. Want me to try to call somebody right now and ask them for money? <laughs> like, Do it up. Bro. Let me see if somebody just texts me. <laughs> I could call. Netherlands called three times. Oh, they're trying to talk. I don't know who's in the Netherlands. <laughs> this guy's got the queen. The royal family in the Netherlands trying to trying to make a donation or what? I was seeing, trying to see if there was like a nice little layup. I could call somebody. Yeah. But like I just call and I'm like, it's just so interesting. Yeah. Like... People know why I'm calling them. Yeah. <laughs> they, see, they see your number. They phone, know. Like, they, right. They're like, oh, God, Charlie's going to ask for a donation. I'm like, it's not for me. Yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't want your money it's for the kids. Yeah, 100%. 100%. <laughs> what, are you, what are you most proud of up until now when you look back? I'll say, I'll say I'm most proud of my life. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, in my life, I'm really proud of... I'm really proud of, um, dang, I'm proud of it all. Shoot. Was there a moment that you're like, damn, like, I'm really proud of myself for doing this? I feel like you do that every day. Uh, bro, like, I'm, it's, it's hard for me to do that because yeah. that's once again like a rearview mirror type True. thought, okay. which I'm, I'm, I'm really proud of like where I'm going to go. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> like the past you know, like winning Grammys and stuff is cool. Manager artists is cool. Emmys, Nike, all that stuff. Even the Nike thing. Like, 
I say it is way more impactful for who's hearing the story than it is for me because to me it's still the past. I'm like, I did that. Like, yeah. like to me, it'll be more inspiring for me to do the next thing. True. For me. Yeah. So it's like the TV show, Manifestation, boom, boom, boom. Oh, can I do it again? Um, but, man, yeah, man, it's hard for me to look back. Because you've, you've made a lot of money, but you've also helped so many people. So where do you get more fulfillment from at this point in your life? A big check or, like, helping, let's say, that little girl selling cookies, 500000 Definitely the little girl selling yeah. cookies. Yeah. Like, it's so fun. Because you know, usually, like, I'll take, like, a couple years to build a business. Yeah. You know, if I'm starting a business, like, to get it off the ground. Yeah. Like, these things are, like, going crazy in, like, 13 days. True. Like, I'm talking about, like, it's so fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The process, because, like, a shout out to, like, Instagram and TikTok. Like, these things go viral. Yeah. You know, and I'm very lucky we have 9 million people who want to do this with us as our followers. But, man... I love building these businesses for these kids, man. Yeah. It's I like hyper it. growth. It's like quick. 13 days. I meet yeah. Lila, the little baker girl, and like 13 days later, she did 500000 And like the cookies are being shipped out. Like literally, yeah. like we built, like no premeditation, no pre-production. Insane. Meet her, figure this thing out. But that's what I live for. Yeah. Because it proves everything's possible. And, and I want to oh. ask you like, because you are a very spiritual person, you believe in the whole manifestation thing. There's, we've always seen like a commonality between people that think that way, move that way, act that way, and like shrooms, to be honest. Mm. You ever tapped into shrooms? I'm curious. One time. Okay. One time. All you need is one time. I saw what I needed to saw. It, yeah. was, it, was, it was cool. Good experience? Um, it wasn't bad. Okay. It was, there was no colors. There was no rainbows or psychedelics. I experienced no, like, color. Sure. It was, it was almost like Nebuchadnezzar Matrix, like darkness, okay. like the truth. They yeah. said, like, outside of the Matrix was the truth. That's more so what I saw. Okay. Um, there was at one point the shaman. It was a one-on-one session with a shaman. Oh, cool. And he saw, he saw me as, like, a warrior which, like, I knew I was always a warrior. I just came to this earth in this, like, teddy bear body to, like, help people. Um, but inside, I'm, I'm, I'm a warrior. Yeah. And he saw me as, like, this chief warrior, and my hands had, like, fire coming out of them. And he was just like, you are here to fight the battles for people. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that's pretty much yeah. what I do. Yeah, it makes yeah. sense. And um, it's always funny because my hands, I always have to, like, like on the airplane the other day coming back, I had to ask the lady, I said, I need ice packs. Oh. And I have to like sit there on the plane with my hands under ice because my hands are literally on fire all the time. And it's like sometimes more than others, but it's usually when I'm trying to take the pain out of somebody, mm. my hands become fiery. So it's, oh, it's interesting funny. that the shaman saw that because I'm like, yeah, that's true. You're true. a superhero, bro. <laughs> for real. Would you would you would you ever tap in again? Do you think you'd, you'd do it again? Maybe one day. Yeah. But I'm in I'm in no rush. Yeah, no need at this point. The the thing that was interesting about it was he gave me like a full like serving. And I I'm, I told him after like an hour and a half, I was like, bro, I don't feel nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I had to like get up. It's like an awkward moment. Like he's doing his shaman thing. And I'm like, bro, like there's nothing. Yeah. And he was like, Hmm, your body doesn't know how to let go. So then he gave me a whole nother serving. 
So I had two servings. Oh, so you were fucked up. (laughs) And then it just took me. And it was like, I remember every detail. Uh There was nothing. Yeah. There was nothing I wasn't in control of. Like, I remember every single thing I saw. Damn. Yeah. We got to do it together, maybe. That'd be lit. (laughs) So (laughs) now you're at a a point nine million followers combined on all platforms. Yeah. That's where you're at? That's right. How does it feel to to impact that many people? No, it's cool. It's cool. It's the beginning. Yeah, of course. That's cool. Well, I know you're doing the speaking now as well. Speaking's the way I make money, which is a blessing. But it's also, you get to impact so many people at once. Mm-hmm. Right? That's right. How's the speaking been for you? Speaking's fun, man. Yeah? I love it. Because I like being a different type of speaker. Yeah. Me, I'm not a big fan of motivational speakers. Yeah. Uh, I get bored of them. Cool. Or some of them are great, though. Yeah. Um, but I still get bored of them because it's the same story. Mm-hmm. Um, to where I was just like, man, like I want to mix it up. Yeah. Like people need like stories. They don't need just like grind harder. Like you are who you surround yourself with. Yeah. Like what? Yeah, cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I want to give like stories, true stories. I've lived multiple lives, and it's like I need more stages, to tell more stories. Yeah. If he gone, I should have had three hours. I could have gone <laughs> a million different directions. <laughs> true. But um, but I'm having fun with it. I'm still growing. I'm still young and all this. So you you want to keep doing that? That's something you want to continue doing. Oh, yeah. the speaking stuff. Absolutely. Did you get jitters before you went on stage? Every time. Yeah? yeah. Every time. It was really trippy at the VCon thing because I passed out all, them, all those flyers. And 10 minutes before, there were two people in the crowd. Yeah, I saw your video, you saying that. Yeah. I was, so, I was like, ain't no way. Yeah. And then, like, they pushed it back a little bit. I was supposed to start at 12.15. They pushed the speech back to like 12.25. And then I played a five minute video. By the time the video done, it was packed. I was yeah. like, oh, thank God. Yeah. I would have been so embarrassed. <laughs> No, man. No. I would have been so embarrassed, man. Two people showed up for my speech. It's, it's still two people getting inspired, though. There you go. It's still Look facts. That. Come Look on. See the energy? Mindset. Stop That's this. <laughs> You're getting me amped, bro. <laughs> <laughs> How about, I want to talk even, because you have so many things going on, more on a business side, right? How do you set your goals? How do you goal set? It's all dreams. Yeah. All my goals are my dreams. But um, how are you? How are you? Because you have a team, too, right? Mm-hmm. So how are you getting them to believe in the dream as well? Because they need to, right? I talk about it all day. And they're just like, this guy. <laughs> this guy's about to do it again, they're saying, right? Like, this guy's obsessed, bro. <laughs> because sometimes uh, I think a leader has that issue sometimes, right? Getting the people around to buy in. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard because sometimes it's not their personal purpose. Yeah. Like, it wasn't really my purpose to be Soldier Boy's cameraman. Yeah. It's where I was at the time, but it wasn't my purpose. So it's mm. harder for me. To care as much and that's okay yeah you know um the bigger you go the easier it is though mm-hmm. that's one thing i have learned okay. bolder and bigger is easier than just like busy okay like if you told me to like let's run some ads yeah. like and like yeah I, like that's like a, a one plus one equals two type thing where I'm like, it'll be easier for me to get a TV show, number one on Netflix. Like, it's just going to be easier for me yeah. because I feel something. So now I can get the magic of the universe because now I'm dealing with, like, one plus one equals a million instead of one plus one equals two. Yeah. Mm. So, like, bigger to me is easier. And even your team, I guess the people around you, are you trying to get them to think this way? Are they automatically start thinking this way with this kind of mindset that you have? Oh, yeah. They're feeding Absolutely. off of you? Absolutely. That's cool. No, it's transferable. Yeah. And it's like, I just try to unlock them yeah. more and more every day. And you see it happening too? I mean, just imagine a group of superheroes sitting around. That's what around, I'm saying, right? Yeah. You the know Avengers, what I'm saying? Bro, yeah. Like the Avengers, like you, get, you got this, 
You know, yeah. I got the flying one. Yeah. You know, it's like, we, what can't we do if we're all unlocked? True. Yeah. And, and aligned and, on a vision. And, and mm-hmm. now looking back, and I know you said everything happened for a reason, but is there anything you regret that's happened to you or that you've done? No. No. Somebody asked me in a podcast one time. Mm-hmm. He said, what would you tell eight-year-old Charlie? Mm-hmm. I'd go tell eight-year-old Charlie, don't listen to nobody from the future. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> because every yeah. mistake was perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Every single one of them was the best thing ever. Yeah. Mm. If, if those things didn't happen to me, I want to be here. True. Listen, in this there, position. There's delusional optimism, and then there's charlie's delusional optimism because you take that shit to the next level bro straight up what about what about your parents now parents are straight what do they think about everything you've done oh god so like my mom you know moms they just want to be proud of their kids so when i told her i'm going to retire from music she what am i going to be able to brag about to my friends because you know like i got to win grammys and stuff so she gets to like her ego is like look at my baby she's proud she's proud so i'm walking away from music and she's like, what am I going to be able to post on Facebook? <laughs> I was like, I'll come up with something for you, Ma. Yeah. I'm sure I'm sure, I'm sure, sure something good will happen. You can post on Facebook. And it didn't take any time. Yeah. Like, I remember my first day back on social media. Yes Theory did a special on me. Okay. Gary V did an entire vlog about me. And Rich Roll interviewed me on his podcast. All in the first day. And my mom was like, how did this happen? I was like, it just kind of was magic. I didn't really try. It's just these, mm-hmm. fun, my fun. like, I didn't even have social media. Like, people are just, like, it was, it was just yeah, universal yeah. magic. Yeah. Was teeing me up for my career as Charlie Rocket. And then it just all flowed into Nike. I mean, it was, you would have thought I planned it. Yeah. yeah. I didn't plan anything. I'm just <laughs> running and just, but I'm like, I would like slide into the DMs yeah. in the universe. Like I could communicate. That's, That's such a good. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. I like that. I can communicate. Yeah. We all can. Yeah. This thing right here is like a little matrix box. Mm-hmm. It will turn off our magic. There's a lot of th- good things it can do, obviously, but like this little box, like makes us feel like this is how communication is. Yeah. yeah. If you remove this, you get to really see how much communication there is. And yeah. There's a lot of communication going on. Dude, I really like that. Well, that's, that's what I wanted to ask you too about social media and, and the whole social world, the internet. How do you think that plays a part in society today? And, and, you know, like you've used it obviously to your advantage, but there's a lot of people that it's a detriment to. Yeah. Right. So what do you, so what do you think about social media and what do you, how do you think people have been looking at it? Maybe it's the wrong way. Maybe it's the right way. It's no different than anything else. Yeah. You put, you put, I mean, humans are humans. You have social media or no social media. People are going to be their negative self. They're going to find toxicity. Then there's some people who are going to find beauty. Yeah. Whether you have it or not, it's just human nature. So whether it's this or the next thing or the next thing or the next thing. Yeah. One thing that I've noticed about generations is when you get older, you're like, oh, this younger generation. They, yeah. duh, duh, duh. Every generation yeah. said that yeah. about the next generation. Yeah. So it's really we're all the same. So it's like, to me... This is amazing. I'm going to look at the beauty in it. Sure, there's bad stuff that happens. In this world, there's bad stuff that happens. But if, if, if I were to ask y'all this, 
is this world a bad place? Yeah. Y'all would probably say after this conversation, no, it's a great place. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I can name to you probably 19,000 good things that are happening around us right now. And I can probably not tell you one bad thing that's happening right now. For example, these trees are thriving right now. Sun's shining, man. This house is like beautiful, well-built. Look, the cameras all work. Microphone's working perfectly. It's kind of magic that like this thing, I can talk into this thing. You got that beautiful piece of technology over there. That used to cost like $40,000 back in the day. (laughs) You know, that camera probably cost $40,000, probably like $2 million worth of cameras. (laughs) Like I can go on and on about all these amazing things. Yeah, it's true. So many good things. And I can't tell you one bad thing. So I'll sit here and tell you the world's better than it's ever been. But then... You look at all the bad things that are happening in the world. People are like, oh, the world's falling apart. Or like, look at the violence. Yes, tons of violence. But if you zoom out and look in the history of the world, we have way less violence now than we used to have. For example, there used to be like church wars and people's heads were cut off in the middle of the, you know, like, yes, there's still that exists, but it's less and less and less and less in, in time. So if you ask me, the world is becoming a better place. Yeah. Things are getting better. There was a time where I couldn't sit next to a brown person. Yeah. You know, like back in the day. 70 years ago. Yeah. Like like I like yeah. the world is better if we want to see it. You're going to just see what you're looking for because humans want to confirm their belief systems. So let's say I wake up and I believe that the world is a terrible place. I will find all the things to confirm that. And that's a pretty tough way to live but at least those people do feel sane because they're like i told you i was right True. they feel sane that's why yeah. they're trying to confirm their belief system me the world is an amazing place and it's getting better yeah so i see those things so i'm now passing that good energy to other people and then if they get that energy they pass it to more people in the world can change if we just have enough people who have a light let me light yours and then you light yours versus me going yeah, yeah. and then now you're hurt now you blow out. You know what I'm saying? Misery loves company, though. It does. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, we got to live in an abundance mentality. And I think pe- people are trying to learn that right now. But you're doing mm-hmm. a great job of it, bro. You're doing a great job of spreading that message. I think your social media, going back to what he was saying, was like, bro, you're, you're a fucking very bright, shining light for a lot of people. And I'm sure you see it. I can only imagine. Like, we get great DMs, dude. I can only imagine what you're getting. It must be insane. Changing lives, for real. That's the goal. Yeah. Hell yeah. We're just getting started too. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Man, the, is, there, is there like an end goal before we get to your no, question? No, I was literally going to ask okay. the exact same thing. I mean, I feel like you already, like, you already hit if, your if, end goal. <laughs> the end goal would be to, I guess, mature enough to where I don't feel like I have to do more. Okay. When I, because I, I would consider myself immature, 35, okay. young. And I'm just like, if I were to die today, I would be like, I had so much to look forward to. Where I guess the end goal would be, because I mean, the crazy thing about death is we're all going to do it. And that's like so scary to me. Like yeah. it's like stage fright, mm-hmm. like the death thing, because I feel like when you're about to die and go, it's like that's like the real that's the real show. Yeah. Like, that's like nervous. It's yeah. like butterflies going out on a stage. Mm-hmm. And it's just like I would love to one day get to the place where when I know it's time, I'll be able to say I did it. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm ready. F- that would be the end goal is to, to, to be able to go out not looking forward to feeling like I got to do more. 
Yeah. You know, old wise people are like, I did my job. Yeah. So I want to get to that point. I'm not there yet. <laughs> you're, you're on your way. <laughs> you're, on the right, you're on the right path, though. Yeah. Okay. Well, with that being said, yeah, that's exactly what I wanted to know. But listen, Charlie, we're the MBH podcast, Money Buys Happiness. Mm hmm. So I think we actually asked you a VCon and we could run that back, but we'll ask you again. I want to know if you believe money buys happiness. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes and no, but okay. yes. Yeah. It, money is great. Mm. Like energy buys happiness. Yeah. Um, money is energy. Like feeling good, money can help you be healthier. Mm -hmm. Money can give you um, uh, uh, an abundance mindset. Money can give you experiences and allow you to give other people experiences. Um, if you were to reverse engineer it and ask, well, Charlie, what makes you happy? I won't say money, but I'll probably list off the things that money can help with. Oh, yeah. What makes me happy? I like feeling safe. Money can make me feel safe. Yeah. If I feel f fearful and scarce, mm-mm. But money can fix that. I like traveling. Money can fix that. Yeah. I like helping people. Money can fix that. Yeah. Um, I like being able to like do things for my mom. And yeah. I like being able to wear clothes yeah. that are like cool, yeah. fun, take pictures. Yeah. You know, <laughs> money yeah. can help with all those things. So money can buy happiness. Um, but you still got some work to do because money won't yeah. fix all the problems. You still got to do your part, too, to be Hell yeah. happy. Hell yeah, absolutely. Great answer. Yeah, wow. fuck. That, that might have been one of our best, bro, for real. <laughs> you just turned us up in here, bro. Energy's up yeah, right Yeah, energy's now. way up in this room you, right man. now. What are y'all manifesting right now? <sighs> We're manifesting, um, <laughs> taking, building something bigger than this podcast. We want to yeah. like turn it into a network. Ooh. We want like our own talent. Multiple channels. Under it, multiple channels. Lots of talent. Nice studio in Miami, I think. Studio Miami. in Miami. Yeah. And, uh, and being able to put people on that may never get the chance. Yes. That may have never had the chance to have their own show. Because mm -hmm. I feel like there's... And, and we're meeting them every day, even just through Instagram. Like, people that are so funny, so talented, so good in front of the camera, mm -hmm. but they just don't have the exposure. Like, mm -hmm. we're like, imagine we could put them in a room with someone like you mm -hmm. and elevate them to, yeah. to, a, to a place where... Now they have this confidence they never had and, yeah. and, you know, just opportunities that they may have never gotten if we weren't able to help them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's like, that's more of the spiritual aspect of it. Mm -hmm. But if like, we're going to put it down on terms, like we want to build, we want to build a network with this thing. That's good. And, uh, that's build something bigger than us, you know? Yeah. That's that, good. That's can live on. Yeah. A legacy, you know? Do it. When's yeah. it going to happen? When's, ASAP. When's it's happening, it's happening, it's right, happening now. right now. It's happening right now, bro. It's so happening. it's real. It's, it's real. real. It's real. We're making it real. Like literally right Dreams now. Dreams are real. Hell yeah. yeah. Dreams are more real than our reality. Because reality is already history. Mm. So it's not once it's history, it's yeah. just done. So Damn. dreams are very real. Yes. It's true. And we've we've experienced it because we, we have manifested before and it has come to fruition. And I think once you hit it once, you're like, oh, this is a damn recipe. Mm. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So now we're just flying. We've been doing. I think maybe three, four, five years ago. That's when we really started to get in our own minds and say, "What do we want mm -hmm. in life?" Mm -hmm. And even when things happen, like you said, you said it many times, right? When the Nike commercial happened, that already happened in your head a year ago. Mm -hmm. So it's the same thing with us. We do the same thing where it's like, 
we get excited at the moment we think about it. Mm-hmm. And then when it happens, we're like, that just happened. It's, it's good. Let's move to the next. That's right. Yeah. So we're going to keep manifesting, That's especially after this episode. Yeah. I'll tell you oh, that yeah. much. Oh, yeah. I think we got a lot of, a lot of the audience will be super inspired and, and I'm sure they're going to start manifesting too if they, if they haven't sure. started. I hope they do. Oh right? yeah. Because there's living proof right here, right? Even us on a smaller scale, but we're proud of you, bro. Straight up. Yeah, You're man. killing it, man. Thank Unreal. You. Keep changing the world. Man, thank you for your time, bro. For real. I appreciate you. Thank you, man. You're, 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 a, you're a big deal. So we're very happy to have you and be able to have this fucking conversation. How, Dean, how long we go for? Sick. I love it. Dope. I love it. Good Charlie, stuff. big dream. Appreciate you, brother. You're thank a real you. G. My guy. Thank you. Dean?